It's time for the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole, the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty, serving you throughout the triangle, teaching you about the ins and outs when it comes to buying or selling a home. You can find the team online by going to acolerealty.com. That's A-C-O-L-E, realty.com, or by calling 919-578-3128. That's 919-578-3128. And now it's time for one of the top Realtors in the triangle, Angie Cole and the Savvy Realtor Podcast. All right, it's time to open up the mailbag and get some questions from listeners. Angie, our first one comes to us from Allie in Raleigh. Allie says, my dad says he wants to help with my down payment for a home so I can have a more competitive offer and afford my first house. Are there any limits on how much a family member can contribute? So first of all, there's different type of loans that will allow a gift, it's called, um, and others that will not. Um, a gift means that, and, and actually the family member has to write a letter and sign it stating, this is truly a gift I'm not accepting um, or not expecting for any type of repayment. So there's different ways to work that. So one is truly just by giving a gift, a monetary gift. Um, another way is allowing your family member to become you know, a co borrower on the property. So there's different ways to handle that um, depending on how much they want to contribute to the sale, but they um, can contribute, you know, the full amount and that be okay. It's more common, I would say, for a gift to happen when it's an FHA loan. Um, So, and typically that's like a three and a half percent down. So there's different ways to handle it, you know, and, and different ways to look at the loan. And that's just something that, of course, we can connect you with Jonathan Ellis with Cornerstone Homes and to see what is the best scenario. Um, because for example, let's say maybe your father has the best credit out there and yours is not as great. Well, your overall loan terms would be a lot more attractive if you had your father on there as a co-borrower. So there's that option or there's a gift option. And Jonathan Ellis can definitely talk through both of those options with you. It's a great question, and uh, thanks for sending that one into us again, Allie. Once again, if you want to access that mortgage app, just text the word SAVVY to the number 21000. Lots of good information for you there, too. Ben has our next question over in Chapel Hill. Ben says, we have ten dollars to $15,000 to put into home improvements before selling our home. Should we spend it on a new roof, landscaping, or paint the inside and outside of the home? What will give us the biggest value boost? Yeah, Ben. Great, great question. Um, I feel like we get these questions a lot as far as, okay, I have, you know, this amount of money, where can I get the best bang for my buck? Yeah. I definitely wouldn't say new roof, you know, and a new roof, depending on the size of your home, can get, you know, costly. It could be 10 to 15. It could be more. But I would actually put it more into the cosmetic improvements. Um, So I would paint, you know, definitely inside of the home where it's needed, like a fresh coat, uh, spruce up your landscaping. I don't know that you'll still have enough allowances with 10 to 15 to also then do the exterior as well. But again, my suggestions would be interior paint, landscaping, I would start there. And then if you have additional monies, of course, paint the exterior too. But a roof, I would not, that would not be my number one choice. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I guess it depends on how bad of shape the roof is in, right? Like if it's got problems, then maybe it's worth doing, Angie. Or even if it's got some issues, like that's just something yeah. that a buyer is going to want to do on their own because they're going to want to determine what quality of roof they want to put on there. You know, I wouldn't say necessarily that. Okay. I, you know, to me, it's what really sells a home is less 
you less like maintenance maintenance items overall or less to-dos. You know, when a buyer walks through a home, they're trying to almost eliminate the home. They want to fall in love with it, but if there's a whole laundry list of items that they would want to do to the home, it becomes overwhelming. And to them, that depreciates the home. So if you can go ahead and take a care and just put, you know, fresh coat of paint, you know, the landscaping's good to go. Like it just excites them to live there versus the, the home looking tired. To me, that goes a lot further than a roof replacement. Roof replacement is just a general maintenance item. You really, you know, could we list it for a little bit more because it has a new roof? Sure. But it's not a dollar for dollar, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. I kind of think about it too, in terms of like the painting inside versus outside, just thinking about it from a buyer standpoint. If I have to paint the inside once I move in, that's a lot of disruption to life. So that'd be very attractive if the inside's already pristine and painted and nice because it doesn't disrupt your life too much to have the outside of your home painted, right? So if you leave that for them to do, yeah. um, you know, that's that's pretty cool. So I agree. That, I agree. Uh, I, I like your idea on focus on the inside first, then work your way out a little bit more. We've got one here from Sal in Carolina Beach down at the coast. Sal says, I'm really afraid when I sell my home that we're going to get a great offer above list priced, but then the buyers are going to ask for some huge discount due to repairs. Our house is older and needs a lot of updating like windows, doors, roof, siding, etc. Is it possible they might ask for $50,000 in repairs? Do you ever see amounts that high? What's typically reasonable during the repair part of the conversation? Yes, Al, great question. You know, uh, recently we had a, uh, not our buyer client, we were representing the seller, but they asked for $70,000 in repairs. Um, you know, you know, I think we, we ended up settling under 5,000. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, okay. So they were just sort of like, uh, Hey, we might as well take our <laughs> shot kind of approach. Well, you know, it was one of those situations. There was multiple offers. They went significantly above. And I, I think they were using the negotiations on the repairs as a way to just ah. kind of bring their price back down. And it was very, very clear, you know, you know, Sal, uh, uh, Sal, a buyer needs to remember that when they are, it's a buyer beware state, first of all. And as a seller, you can decide what you will and will not do. If you say, hey, I'm not fixing anything, you have the right to do that. But then the buyer has the right to decide if they want to proceed and move to the closing table or back out. You know, really, I think what has um, stopped, I guess, buyers from asking for significant repairs like this is a lot of buyers are giving a significant amount of due diligence in order to make their offer attractive and to get the seller to choose their offer. So, you know, when you have, you know, I I can now give these contract terms because that, that one whom I'm mentioning as well, but you know, that buyer gave $30,000 in due diligence, you know? So, you know, from a seller standpoint, okay, well, if you're going to be unreasonable and ask us for $70,000 in repairs and the home needed renovating, but they saw what the home needed, you know, and right. it was more of like their that's, complaints were cosmetic. Well, yeah. it, it needed renovate and that's why it was priced where it was, but you made the offer where you did. But, you know, if the buyer were to back out, that seller would have pocketed 30000 Right. So, of course, in that scenario, the ball is in the seller's court, you know. So, you know, we always tell a seller like, hey, let's try to be reasonable. If the buyer did back out, if there's material facts, you know, then we must disclose them when we relist on the market. So we we don't want a buyer to back out. But, you know, 
is it normal for someone to come to the table with fifty thousand dollars in repairs? I would say no, that's not normal. You know, yeah. um, you know, unless there's something just okay. All of a sudden, we realize the whole entire crawl space is taken over by mold, or you know, something just significant, but still wouldn't be fifty thousand dollars worth of repairs. So, you know, what's typically reasonable during the repair part of the conversation? Honestly, in today's market, we're seeing a lot of as-is homes stating we won't even ask for repairs. But I would say, you know, typically five thousand on average okay. is, is what we're seeing. That's I know that know. was long-winded, but no, I think good, that's good a great story to tell you. Though. When uh, yeah. we were in shock, we were like seventy thousand dollars. Like, yeah. I mean, is this a joke? And you know, Whew. as an agent, you're required to share it with your client. So it's you know trying to calm you know calm the client even before you present it. Okay, yeah. I'm about to, here, here's the bad news, you know, you but let's down? talk through this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not freak out. Mm. I kind of feel like uh, you, you, you hit on it if you just like my, you know, non, uh, you know, realtor opinion uh, would be like, if it's something that you can see, like, uh-huh. okay, I can see with my own two eyes mm-hmm. that the, you know, the XYZ is old, like the roof is old, or that there's damage over here, or whatever the case may be, like, okay, this bathroom needs to be renovated, whatever the case may be, like, those things get priced into the bid of the home, it seems to me, like, you know, those imperfections right. and things that you can see. And then yeah. if something pops up that you couldn't reasonably see exactly. just through touring a home and you needed an inspection to really find out just how deep the problem was, so then maybe it's something like a septic issue or a crawl space. You know, you're not normally crawling under the crawl space during a yeah. normal home tour. So those kinds of things is where I feel like then as a seller, you should be willing to certainly work with the buyer and, you know, meet halfway on some things. So... Hopefully, people can give each other a little grace during that part of the process. But yes, yes, I know it's a big, it's a business transaction it's scary. too. Though, it's, so yeah, yeah it is. It, and of course, I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone seller wants to make the most money, and buyer wants to save the most. You know, so it goes both yep. ways, hand in hand. But um, I would say the North Carolina real estate contract definitely kind of leans a little bit more towards a seller, um, yeah. especially from the repair standpoint. Because there's other states where you um, you don't put any due diligence. Well, your due diligence money is not at risk, right? Like there's, uh, I believe it's the state of Oregon, as an example. You, you, The buyer can back out before the due diligence period and get their money back. So yeah, like yeah. all the power is really in the side of the buyer from that standpoint. So it, right, a, right. a lot yeah, of people have to list their homes multiple times because people will back out if they see something they don't like after already going. Which I don't. Contract. Yeah, I don't love that. You know, our due diligence um, period and due diligence is not um, it is in very, I think, few states that there's like a due diligence and due diligence money that's also gotten taken out of control too i mean that's that's just it's crazy you know we have people that will get fifty thousand a hundred thousand dollars in due diligence and that money immediately is non-refundable yeah. um so i think you know the where that the offer to purchase the the 2t you know north carolina offer to purchase was in the beginning when that first came out the idea and the the point of you know due diligence was different and when this you know market just went crazy you know it's like okay to win you you gotta you know give your firstborn child and everything else in order to win a win a home so yeah due um, diligence just really turned into guaranteed like it's really turned into a Uh pre-down payment right like Mm -hmm. it's essentially what it became agree 100 percent. you're no longer really buying time off the market kind of like in time to do inspections no not really you're just putting a down payment on right out of the it's so no you're you're so true you were just saying i want this home i'm serious i'm going to the closing table yep exactly and uh it's just another negotiating piece and that's what it's become so great question sal thanks for sending that one in and let's get one last one here from tina in wrightsville another beach uh listener in question thanks for tina my question is kind of a tough one 
How did there are no tough questions for Angie? Tina, come on now. Uh, just kidding. Uh, how do you know when you're emotionally ready to sell your home? I'm not really in love with my home, but I should be. There's nothing wrong with it. Maybe I just like change. I know the grass is always greener on the other side, so I'm afraid I might sell and move and then just be back to feeling those same things and maybe regretting moving. Does that make sense? I'm sorry it's not a technical question. No, that's okay. You know, you know, I, I think I would from your – okay, I, I actually I understand where you're coming from because I am never emotionally tied to a home. Do I like my home? Yes. But, you know, could I sell it and move to another one? Yes. Where there's others that, you know – when it's time to sell, they go through all the memories. Well, you know, this is where I had my children. This is where this took place. So I think that's okay that you're not like emotionally tied to your home. I think you just need to decide, okay, like conveniences. Like what is it about your home that you like? What do you do in your home? Is there anything that your home's missing that you need? So from a convenience standpoint and just a day-to-day basis of, of how you live your life, you know, does your home check all those boxes? If it does, great, stay doesn't mean that you have to just, you know, be there forever. But if, you know, if you're missing some key pieces that, hey, my life would be a lot easier or I would enjoy this home more if it had this, then let's sell it. So um, I hope that helps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I see where you're coming I from. I mean, I, mm-hmm. again, I, I, I love my home, but if we were to decide, you know, hey, we need to move into a different one for this reason, it wouldn't even, for one minute, it wouldn't bother me from an emotional, yeah. you know, stance. I'd say Tina, just listen to yourself. Your answer was in your was in your question. You you said uh, m- maybe I just like change, you know. And you probably I'm the same are. way. You're just same a person way. who likes change, so mm-hmm. don't try and resist that. And then yeah, don't feel guilty about moving on to another home. And then if yeah. you don't like that home at some point and are ready to move again, well, don't feel guilty about that either. Mm-hmm. Just know that that's how you're wired, and you like change yeah. a little bit. So I've sta- the longest I've stayed in a home has been five years. Okay. Um, before that, um, you know, most of the homes were two to three years. You know. And, you know, fortunately, we've always made, we got really lucky with the purchases that they've always appreciated, made, just made great buying, you know, when, when buying homes, we've gotten really, really lucky. Not that you always get lucky, but yeah, I'm one of those people. I just, not that I get bored, but I like change. I like newness and I like, I like just having a project, I think, uh, you know, and so if I've been at home for a long, a while, I'm like, okay, I want a new project. I just like doing things. Maybe that's why I yeah. enjoy investment properties and Airbnbs, and um, because it it fulfills that you know, I guess little bit of a need of you know just wanting something new and exciting and change. Yeah, you, you've uh, definitely got lots of cool things like that going on in in your personal life, Angie. Uh, sure. where real estate, not just the buying and selling of homes, but property management now in the uh, repertoire. And uh, you've got then uh, kind of your own personal rental homes as well, and uh, all sorts of cool things going on. So yeah, it, it's yeah. neat when you develop that skill set and you've got the time and the energy to go after it and make it happen. It's something you love. Uh, that's pretty cool to uh, to go yeah, after it. So. Yeah, and I would like to also mention, I don't know if I've mentioned on the radio show yeah. yet, but um, we also, um, we have opened up a property management division uh, called Turnkey Property Management. No affiliation with Acol Realty, but we just, we, we service and we represent so many investors or owners that are looking to rent their home, whether it be long-term, short-term, but we now have a property management division. Um, and I'm going to throw out that number really fast. It's 919 589 
1350. Leon Smith is our general general manager, been in, in the business for over 10 years, so lots of experience. But if you need any type of property management services, again, turnkey property management, 919-589-1350. Definitely would love your you know, love to help you guys out. You've been listening to the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole. She's the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty here in the Triangle. And if you have questions for Angie, we invite you to go online to acolerealty.com. Listen to past podcast episodes on the website, read the blog and all the great information, including the option to find a home right there on the website. That's acolerealty.com. And you can also call Angie with your questions, 919-578-3128. Did you know that Angie Cole also has a radio show? Tune into the Savvy Realtor, Saturdays at noon on 106.1 FM WTKK.